With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Get a rare view into the human side of wealth management leaders, innovators, and influencers with the Big Reveal podcast from Suzanne Syracuse in partnership with InvestNet. Tune in and subscribe to find out why she calls it the Big Reveal. Well, they walked into Madrid with hope in their hearts, and they'll walk away with the greatest prize in club football. Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's King to the Cot are champions of Europe once again. Hello and welcome to a massive episode on the curtain raiser of the Premier League for the Coppen Fracas. Before I do continue, please make sure that you get involved with the live show this Sunday on August the 11th. Doors open at one o'clock. We've got Newcastle versus Arsenal starting at two. And then, of course, the massive Chelsea versus Manchester United at 4.30, followed by a live show. Plenty of pamming, plenty of drinks, plenty of laughter. Make sure you're there at the Vauxhall Street Food Garden. Tickets available on shubs.com. When it comes to interacting with us, make sure you at our Twitter handle, at Fracas, and of course the Touchline Fracas Twitter handle, at Touchline Fracas, and hashtags. In terms of our cast for today, we've got myself, Mush, we've got Denzel. How's it going, fella? How's it going, mate? We've got Ellis. What's going on, fella? What's going on, mate? We've got Chris. Yeah, what's good, man? I'm good. And we've got a guest we haven't had before, we've got Harold. What to do, baby? There we go. That's the energy. <laughs> <laughs> Love, that. Love that. Love that. That shows how we're going to approach this pod ahead. Okay. So, boys, first thing that happened, Liverpool have played. And our fortunes, though they didn't improve completely to a win, we did show up and we did match City until we lost on penalties. Ellis, do you want to go through quickly the story of the game? Of course, Liverpool started in the first half and went 1-0 down quite early. So uh, which City players were causing particular problems in that first half for you? Uh, first half, Sterling was getting in behind Trent a lot. 
Uh, Sterling started up front until I think Sane got injured. He wasn't getting no change from Van Dijk, so then he went on to the right because Man City brought on Jesus. So Jesus was now occupying a central position and uh, Man City saw a weakness in our right-back spot in Trent. So Sterling was getting the beating of him all the time. Uh, one of my mates who was at the game, he was saying that uh, Trent was making a lot of schoolboy errors. He wasn't watching. He's, she wasn't looking over his shoulder. So Sterling was easier. It was easy for Sterling, sorry, to get in behind. Um, Trent always tried to have him in a foot race, which Sterling is going to win majority of the time. Um, yeah, Man City had more of the ball dictating play. KDB was pulling strings in the midfield. They were they were quite comfortable, but even having said that, even though they were quite comfortable, I think Liverpool still made some chances catching them on the counter. Liverpool were playing a high line, and Man City knew that, so um, they had their wingers and our fullbacks. Our midfielders weren't coming to get the ball off the defence, so was, the ball was just coming straight back to us. But after a while, I think we adapted, took it. Obviously, we conceded the goal. It was a bit sloppy. Uh, it came from a free kick, yeah. Liverpool pushed up. They didn't run. They didn't track the runners. Salah was left one, uh, two against one. The header came down. No one picked up Sterling, and uh, he was able to squeeze the ball past Allison. Allison did try. Could he have done better? Do you think, guys? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. If you say he could have done better, it would be it would be clutching at straws. Harsh. Yeah, it would be harsh. I don't know about anyone else. For me, I don't know. He, he even done well. He could have got it. Because obviously, when the ball's coming down, being what, how tall is he? What, six five, six six? To get right, down, yeah. That, yeah, he's bare tall. Allison is bare tall. So to get to get down that quickly would have been a bit. Uh. But to be honest with you, like when you know, when a player miss hits it, it's yeah. Obviously, obviously, you're prepared for how they would hit it normally. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Position when they scuff it, it's like I can't blame him. I can't. Yeah, I can't really blame him. To be fair. Okay. Um. That that's fair. I think uh, yeah. I think it, it's quite odd, really, because like you say, City. I don't think City to a man. Each player was great, but like you say, Sterling at, and KB, KDB looked like they were playing at a really high level. Mm-hmm. But Denzel, come come to you for this. In terms of the first half, how do you think Klopp performed tactically, and whether he did anything right or? I know the scoreline said that we weren't doing too well. So where do you think the holes were in his tactical plan? Um, we just weren't tracking the man, the runs from the midfield. Um, the midfield looked sluggish, lazy. Um, Hendo and Genie in particular, just it looked like they didn't know where they were meant to be or who they were meant to be tracking. I mean, KDB found himself on that left-hand side quite a bit, just making that run. Um yeah, it just looked sloppy. It, look, it just looked sloppy. Everyone just—it didn't look. They don't look focused, to be honest. Now, that's what I took from the first half. Um, a lot of the players didn't look focused. I mean, you can even look from start from Joe Gomez. He made the the error whereby Sterling pounced on him. As Ellis said, Trent um, was was obviously struggling quite a bit. So yeah, I think in that first half we just looked sloppy. Didn't look focused. We didn't look ready for the game. I'm not too sure why. But yeah, that, that that's where I thought we went wrong. Well, went wrong. Okay. Um, and then of course, it's quite. We we all said it in the group. It was it was a it's quite quite an odd shift in the sudden pattern of the game from about 
I'd say from half time it got better, and then from an hour onwards it really cemented in terms of where the momentum had shifted from cities to Liverpool's. So, Chris, what um, tactical changes or kind of mentality changes do you think Liverpool made to actually take control of this game and take it away from City? I think they just found their rhythm a bit better in the second half. Um, I mean, we're getting chances in the first half, like the guys have already said. We're kind of winning the ball back and pressing high up the field. Um, I think we had, like, what, six chances in the first half? Six fairly decent chances. Um, but we just weren't winning the midfield battle. We were just getting caught with that diagonal ball to the full-backs every single time. Um, so I think that was made abundantly clear. And obviously, I think the substitutions helped in terms of midfield because it just allowed us to be a bit more attacking, a bit more free-flowing in the football, really. Um, I think you saw Salah tracking back a lot more in the midfield, too. Okay. Um, that's interesting, actually, because you did mention the subs, but prior to the subs actually coming on, the one thing I, I spotted during the game, especially at the start of that second half, which made the biggest difference for me, was if you look at the position where Jordan Henderson was, in the first half, he was very much in line with Fabinho and it was just very flat. Suddenly, Henderson was playing in that triangle between Rodri, their left-back, and their centre-back. And suddenly even either when he was receiving the ball or even being in that position, he was really disrupting City's shape. And you could see that Rodri for the first time was having to look off the ball or around his shoulders and actually check who we had to mark because Jordan Henderson was causing City some strategic problems for the first time in the game. I don't know if you guys thought that as well. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. We, and we also switched um, Genie and Hendo. Um, I think Hendel started on the left side of midfield and Ginny was on the right He was on the right in that second half, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Hendel came to the right and um, he offered a bit more protection for Trent. And obviously, like you said, Salah was tracking back a bit more. And um, what made it abundantly clear, what was clear, sorry, was that Ginny and Hendel were pushing on. So he was was trying to get in between their midfield and their, uh, their defence, which, which helped Liverpool more. Um. Okay, yeah, that's a great point. And then, um, as you mentioned, as Chris mentioned before, the subs did have an influence on how Liverpool played. And, and Harold, what do you think, well, when especially when we look at Naby Keita, Shakiri, and Lallana, what, what do you think they brought to the game that Liverpool weren't offering previously? I think it was following on from what Ellis said, and just having, well, might, might be you actually, um, as opposed to Ellis, just having someone who's just a bit further ahead than than Fab, just just someone to break the lines because you know we know Man City have that in abundance. So what I think naturally happened was it was still even game, forty five minutes to sixty minutes. So sixty minutes came, and naturally when you're in the lead, you start to drop back a bit, you drop back a bit, you rest on your laurels a bit, and then Liverpool Liverpool just went a bit and just started dominating possession, and then Klopp noticed that, and bringing on. Guys who can break the lines, um, or we think guys can break the lines, the likes of Naby, the likes of Lalana. So they it's literally just dropping, just giving Rodri a problem because the difference was is that Widge and Hendo, uh, they're workhorses. Don't get me wrong, and obviously they're the Champions League winning midfielder, mid, mid midfield, but they're not they're not that that ingenuity we need in the midfield when it's a game like this we need a bit more creativity we can liken um, liken it back to before the breakthrough we can liken it back to the Man United game last year 
at Old Trafford, we were just struggling for that little bit of creativity and just having those guys who break the lines and create an opportunity, even even if it's not them actually get on the ball, just giving Rodri and the centre-backs a bit more... Something to think about, about, isn't it? Yeah, that's all it is. OK, um, that, that brings me on actually nicely to a very hotly debated topic for the past few days since the game and that's about the starting midfield three themselves I don't think any of us doubt Fabinho's merit in this team and what he offers and obviously he's got a very different role to the other two but um, well, you know, he, he, he has to start now he has to start. Fabinho I, I think he will yeah. I think he'll start every, every game he's fit single now. game mm. single game I don't, I don't want no risk no, no, no game can't start. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But then we come come to the other two, and I uh, I had a, a bit of a passionate, call it a rant, we'll call it a rant, on the uh, Twitter handle, on the Cop and Frackers Twitter handle, about <laughs> the respect that these guys should get. And I think it's been misunderstood as to what this respect thing is about. And that is that I am not saying that someone like Jordan Henderson can do what someone like Paul Pogba does or what something like Luka Modric does. But what we saw in that City game was they are actually two... Him and, Hen, him and Wijnaldum, who I'll put in the same category, there are actually two versions of themselves. There's a version that does that ridiculous nothing screen, I'm too scared to disrupt the shape of the team. And there's another version themselves who's a more proactive version. So I, I think that people misunderstand the quality of those two because when they're at their worst people will denounce and make fun of the worst aspects of them and that type of performance. And when they're at their best, they'll say that they're unstoppable. And I'm saying that both exist and we only seem to jump to one or the other based on the result that Liverpool have. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Moshe. I, I kind of agree with you. But for me personally, like looking at that game and there's been games like that previous season, like um, those two played, a game, played together against uh, Brighton away. It was the same thing in the first half. We really struggled. We told we couldn't really get the ball, get the ball moving because they both do the same thing where no one wants to go and get the ball. So if no one wants to go get the ball, that means now your attack is suffering because they can't get the ball. So, but then when Keita came on, he's going to get the ball from the centre backs or he's going to pick it up from Fabinho and he's going to look to give it to the forwards as quick as possible. Yeah. So the problem with Hendo and Genie is that. Because they're so in, they're so like drilled into follow, like you said, follow the, how would I say, follow the tactic. Don't don't let no space in in behind us. Then mm. we we lose momentum going forward. So for me personally, it always has to be one of them playing because one of them has got the engine. One of them got, got one of them has the intelligence to plug gaps and to know where to be right right place at the right time. It's got to be one of them, Fabinho, and one of Ox and Keita because one of Ox and Keita can pick up the ball and drive forward, be it dribble, go past two men, have a bit of ingenuity. Both of them can't play for me because they do the same thing and it just doesn't work. I, I, I definitely have to echo that, man. It's... Even the way they receive the ball, it's with their back to goal. It's never on the half turn, never looking to to move forward. And mm. as much as we say that City were better than us in the first half, it wasn't like, ah, oh, they were miles on top. It was just because no. 
we we just weren't looking to go forward. It was almost yeah, it was they like, were good because we were bad. Kind of. Yeah, it was like we, yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we were content with nil. It, was, it just didn't make much sense. I didn't really know why. As Den, as Denzel was saying at the beginning, I didn't know why we started that way. Um, so yeah, just to echo what Ellis is saying. Yeah, we need someone who's going to be looking forward. You can't have two of the same. And for me, what my critique is more on Widge, only because since the Southampton game last year. I saw a difference in Hendo when he started when he moved from the fab position to start playing box to box. This, this was the Hendo that we signed from from Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah. It's the 13-14 yeah. Hendo was. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This was this, this was the guy we signed. He's not a holding midfielder. He has he hasn't really got pings like that. He's not. He's that's that's not who he is. So I haven't really got too much to, to like to too much stick on him. But when it comes to Widge, after seeing Man. what he can do against Barca, Man. It's like bro, where have you been hiding this? Man. Like there's too many, there's too many of those hidings, though, isn't there? We, that's, that's I think the it's thing. a known thing for Liverpool fans yeah, is that Gino yeah. Wijnaldum doesn't play well away from home. It's it's a known thing. He's just a player you're carrying. This is a, this is part of the point I was going to make, and I'm really annoyed at Ellis because he's basically stole my ah, entire talking so, point for this. But so um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is true. I mean, Hendo and Gini, they do kind of the similar job in that workman, workman's format in the midfield where they're consistently tracking back doing some of the defensive work while Fab just sits in and we really do need I mean when Katie came out I thought it was I, I thought that was the navigator we were going to get last season from all the you know YouTube compilation videos and stuff and he was really winning the ball really demanding the ball and pushing us upfield and kind of reducing the reliance that we had on I think he might have been Gomez at right back at the time and that's another point we'll come on to but taking the reliance off the fullbacks, which is something that we definitely need to do because they were getting targeted and they were getting caught in two minds whether to stay in their own half or push on in the first half, which really hindered us. And I think that's something that smarter managers will look to do going forward. Um, but I think to my second point, I guess, is that we do have a bit of a Ginny Wijnaldum problem in midfield. And it's not a bad problem, it's just that I think that the midfield takes on whatever mood he's feeling on the day. If he's play, playing incredibly well, like that stretch he had last season, the midfield is going to do great. But if he's having an absolute stinker where he's losing the ball and his positioning's not right, and you know Hendo's having to push back further into midfield so he can't break and play that you know number eight role that he was towards the end of the season, then you find the midfield's a lot out of knack. And I, I generally do think that's a bit of a one album problem in the midfield. I completely agree. Okay, um, I, I I can. I'm on board with that. I do have a question to ask you, though. Harold, I'll come to you for this. I completely understand people's reservations about Jordan Henderson and Jeannie Wijnaldum when Liverpool struggle to create against a team that are a lot worse than them. But my question would probably be is that Jurgen Klopp, who has quite often, I know that this year wasn't as good in terms of wins, but as we know, we don't often lose the big games. If we know that playing against a big team means that we are going to be under the cosh, this is the midfield that would have played anyway. And surely if we had a more creative player or a more Maverick style player, City would have had more space and it could have turned the result even worse than it was. What do you what do you think in, in terms of that? Why is it that people want a more creative player against the one team that's better than us? Do you know what it is? I think... I think it isn't so much the emphasis. Oh, also, great question. I don't. I think I don't think it's that the, the emphasis is on the team that's better than us. I think it's. I think it's more of a frustration over the course of the season, because it's so. 
it's so weird that a team can do so well without a, a midfield a midfield maestro as such. Like I don't really know many teams that do as well as Liverpool did last season without having that that linchpin in, in midfield, like the main like the main man. Do you know what I mean? Like you always have like a like a Gerard Torres, a Gerard Suarez. You have a Lampard, Drogba. Yeah. It's always like a really good midfielder who just stands above everyone else. But it's just it's strange in that sense. I don't think it's more towards. I don't think the emphasis is on say the City game. I just think it's in general. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? You made a great point there, and that actually takes me on to a question that I want to ask you, Ellis. And um, this is about almost about Liverpool as a whole. And this is about Jurgen Klopp and the football strategy that he has. Is it that, like all of those combinations of players, the Gerrards, Torres, the Lampard, Drogba's, what, what Harold has just talked about, is it that we are almost so ingrained in what we think the roles of certain positions and the route to goal should be that Jurgen Klopp, by building a system where the fullbacks get assists and a team can't target defending fullbacks because it means you leave the whole pit, middle of the pitch empty, is it that we're actually undermining Jurgen Klopp's genius way of building a method that's harder to defend against when it ter- comes to scoring goals? Um, I don't think we're undermining Klopp. I just think sometimes we need a plan B. And obviously, we, everyone here watches football. We Obviously, we don't know more than Klopp. If we did, we'd probably be in the job. But I think sometimes we just look at the team and we feel that, yeah, we're missing something. We don't know what it is. In this case, we do know what it is. It's like we just need a bit of ingenuity in the midfield. We probably need a different type of midfielder. Obviously, when Klopp first came, he said that the counter-press was the playmaker. So then he's built a team to effectively play towards that. Obviously, last season, we changed a little bit where we sat back and we, we were controlled in in our football. So I don't think it's a thing where we're not undermining Klopp. We know what Klopp is doing. I mean, to get everyone to be playing to this kind of level is ridiculous. But I think that us fans, we just look at it as if, like, yeah, in certain games where we're struggling and we're toiling and we can't break teams down, we need something different. So then that's what we're looking at. For me personally, I don't think there's anything wrong in, let's say, it's nil-nil, 15 minutes to go. You can have uh, one of you, you, know, you can take off one of your midfielders and bring on another attacker and just go 4 2 4. Klopp's done that a couple of times. So sometimes he's he's flexible as well as in, in his approach. But we're just looking at, it, at, looking at it as we just need something different sometimes just to change up the game. Like against City, there was nothing wrong with. Somebody like let's say Alonso. Alonso's picked up the ball. He usually picks it up for. I remember there's a goal Juba Cisse scored against West Brom years ago. Alonso's picked up the ball from the halfway line or just just before the halfway line, and he just pinged it down down the middle. Seeing Cisse running, pinged it. Cisse's gone round the keeper and scored. Something like that. Simple goal. Something different. Sometimes you don't need your fullbacks. It was just one, two, bang, goal. Okay, okay, that's a that's a fair point. I, I think. Denzel, I'll come to you for this. This thing that Ellis just mentioned about having an alternative and being able to use that alternative as well. Do you think that maybe because Liverpool got a points tally that has never been achieved before, except for the one team that actually beat us to the league, do you think we might be in search? A fan mentioned this on Twitter, actually. We might be in search 
of a, a form of perfection that is unfair to try and achieve? I think that's fair to say. Um, going to what Ellis said um, in regards to just having someone like Alonso and sort of someone to just ping it across over the top of their defence and having a striker to run onto it. To be honest, our centre-backs do that job for us. Um, they do a very good job at it. Uh, Matip, yeah, Van, Dijk, really Van Dijk did Van Dijk. it against Bayern, didn't he? For exactly. Them? Exactly. So our centre-backs sort of do that job for us. I mean, the midfield, we know that it's an industrial midfield in order to work and win the ball back as quick as possible. But, um, yeah, it, it, is, it is we're looking for perfection because... I mean, we've done so. We've done so well last year. I mean, I guess we're in the area of marginal gains now, aren't we? Guys? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, it's just something to push us over the edge, sort of thing. I think that's what we're looking for. And obviously, with the transfer window, how we didn't sign anyone, well, someone that's going to play in the first team, anyways, or take someone's spot in the first team. Um, I think that Liverpool fans probably are just looking for for something, something to get them excited again. But I think with the with Ox coming back and now Naby looking sharp the way he is, I think that that gives something something to our midfield. Um, so I think we'll, we we are out, out searching for something that we're not going to find until we Can see I what happens. Can I say something on the... Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. <clears throat> see, normally I'm, I'm an optimist, yeah, on most things, but... I feel we may need to calm it down a little bit with with, with Kater. I know he came on, he did all right. Mariah's he, doing his Mr. Burns laugh right now. Mate, he's, he's he's absolutely loving it. But I don't want I don't want us to get carried away just yet because, like, the moment he started to look half decent, he gets that that niggling back injury that he gets. So I just need some longevity. Like, I just need to have a bit more. I have more stock in Ox be more of an influence at the beginning of the season than I do in Naby and that's only because I've seen Ox like last a little bit in that um a couple of seasons ago so that's that's just my own take on things I'm I couldn't I couldn't be happier to be proved wrong about Naby so yeah it's not a problem they both I play for agree. us it doesn't matter who plays off no no I was gonna say I do agree with that in the sense whereby probably we we might be, as fans, putting a bit too much pressure on um, Naby. But mm. the fact that we have the option now to be either play Naby or Ox is, is something that we didn't have. We didn't have that luxury last year. Yeah, so, yeah. Are you almost saying it's a new signing? Is that what you're trying to say? Ooh, I might. I know Julian's going nuts. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in London, Julian's going insane. <laughs> Well, yeah, I agree with Harold, though, yeah, because when he came in, like, a lot of fans were saying, oh, yeah, this is the end of Henderson, it's the end of this person, is going to be the one, He's got, and then it just didn't take off for him, obviously, injuries and whatnot, he didn't settle. But, yeah, um, I think we all got a little bit of stock with him because he's, he's a Liverpool player, but, yeah, we just have to, like, bring it back and rein it in a little bit. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Ox because of the way Ox finished the season where he got injured. And what yeah. he was bringing for Liverpool, and how he was like a so just something different in that midfield. He allowed our midfield to play, and he, he was really getting involved in the press and that. But yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Okay, um, I've got a really. <laughs> it was quite contested in our group chat, and I'm sure it happened up and down the country, really, from what I saw on social media. A very odd debate, guys, and I'll, I'll start with you, Krish. But please, guys, feel free to come in. Did Mohamed Salah play well? 
or badly in the Community Shield game? <laughs> yeah, that is a bit of a weird one. I, mean, I think people are rationalising it because he took, obviously, 10 shots in the game. Um, a few more than City, but I actually thought I thought he played quite well. I thought he was quite a bright spark in the first half. Um, and when you consider that he'd only been back for, what, seven days, if that, um, and played 30 minutes in the friendly against Leon. I think my only pro- my only problem with him was that they were consistently showing him onto his left foot and saying, if you want to score, you have to curl it round Edison, no, not Edison, sorry, uh, Claudio Bravo. And he was taking the bait every single time. But no, I actually, I actually thought he played quite well. Uh, well, what about the rest of you guys? Where, where do you think this criticism is coming from? Um, do you know what it is? It's because, see, at first I was, I was on, I wanted, I wanted to critique Salah because obviously there was that spell at the end of last season where he just, sorry, uh, like the middle um, area of the last season where he just couldn't buy a goal for like, for, for the life, and he was, he was often pant for all, for any type of goal, man. Moving like Harry Kane where he's trying to put his daughter's life. Um, <laughs> He stopped passing the ball as well. That was yeah, he stopped passing the ball. But you know what? Yesterday, no, sorry, Sunday, um, I think it was different for me. He was selfish. Don't get me wrong, yeah, because when Mane's back, Mane's going to be vexed. But I just, I love the hunger. He wants it. He he wants that golden boot again. I know he's all about the fame. Like We joke around, but he's hungry. And... Like it's just the intensity. I mean, that's that's often what we criticise, like the likes of. I know, obviously not in our club, but we criticise the likes of like Martial, players who have quality, but the intensity and the, and the hunger for the game, hunger for the goals, and hunger to score is just not there. But with him, regardless of how badly he's doing, you know he's gonna you know he's gonna give you 100. percent And the fact that he's only been there for a week, it made me have a different look on on his game. Really and truly, if he had scored one of those goals, just one, if. If Carl Walker's incredible clearance didn't didn't take place, we're, we're saying he, he had a good game. It's literally that's the difference. I, th- I think you're uh, you, you make a great point there, and that was part of our debate within the group chat as well about we 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 were told that, and and I think it's valid. I, I think Mohamed Salah isn't isn't a clinical finisher. He's a, he's a great goal scorer, but does he have every type of perfect technique uh, finish in the textbook? I don't think so. But yeah. I think a big thing. And I think the big thing you said about confidence and belief that I am going to score today, it might have come a lot because Mane wasn't playing. I thought Mohamed Salah just thought, these guys, no one else has a goal in them. I am going to show that I can take responsibility and get that goal. I don't know if anyone else thought that also. Yeah, I thought I thought he played well, to be fair. I think um, he was our main danger, man. He was he has uh, Zinchenko on toast. Oh, Zinchenko, yeah, He didn't want it with him at all. Had the beam of him yeah, at every minute. Um, there was that. Um, there was that ball that got played in, kind of in the first half, and he yeah. absolutely just left Zinchenko just on left the deck, mate. It was just too strong. It was just too quick. Um, I think Salah is a a prisoner of his own success because last season and he, he didn't get thirty two goals, but he still got twenty. He still got a goal con- thirty goal contributions. Which is ridiculous in about how many games? What 32, 36? It's 100 and 104 in his Liverpool Which, career. That's, that's mental. That is mental. <laughs> Crazy. So I'm saying. So if if you if you say that and just put that down, forget it. Let's just say the bare facts. 104. Was it 104 goal contributions? 100 goals or assists in 104 games, mate. That that is 
absolutely I'm talking only there's only two players in the world and we all know who they are who that's all that can do that, something that's the thing. level that is above that so I think I think that's where that's what like that's what Salah's fighting against oh, he didn't get 32 goals he got 22 goals but how do you, how many people get 22 goals in England that that was my argument and it's my argument was <laughs> there are better finishers who look nicer finishing but why yeah. are they scoring more that's than Salah then Owen Owen Michael Owen was a, a better finisher like, but, yeah, where are the goals? He's not going that. Um, who else were you? I, I get that with Salah, like he's a bit, he looks a bit scruffy, he looks a bit, but mate, a goal's a goal for me, and I don't care how you score, I don't, I don't care how you score the goal, but so far as you score, and, and he gets there, you know, what, just yeah, no, no, go ahead, no, go you, ahead, you go, yeah. no, go on, go on, bro, go on. Uh, I was off on the tangent, you know, what's What's killing me? They keep Liverpool Twitter account keeps showing his goal against Napoli, yeah, and that goal is so cold. His celebration after he just walks away, mad I keep, I keep, I keep having that goal in my mind. I'm just thinking, yeah, this is this is my shooter. Even like that, even the game, yeah. He, he should have had a hat trick. He should have had a hat trick, but he passed to Mane, and Mane was just on stuff that time. Yeah, I, don't, Mane, I, I think I think people are just being uh, pedantic about this. And is, I think I think the healthy thing is that for the season coming up, I think from that performance, he might not have scored, and he might have been a bit wasteful. I, mean, I don't think anyone's it. doubting what Mohamed Salah is going to produce this year. And if anything, look. as we saw with our rating of the top I mean, ten, if anything, people are angry by what we think is going to produce compared to what yeah. everyone expected. Yeah. Even even with that, I mean, obviously that's that's a, a collective thing where it's just an average where people have put him, people have put him like second, third. It's just an average thing, but yet still, you can't look me in my eye and tell me that Kun Aguero has been better than him in the last two seasons. No, there's not a single player in in an attacking sense. I think that that's been better in than total. Him. Like if you put Salah, like Salah's the most one of the most dangerous players in European football. Like everyone is shook of him. He had two men on him last season and still managed to get 22 goals. Like he had, a, he had a hiatus for like a couple of months and still managed to get 22 goals. I mean, the guy is so dangerous. Like it just beggars belief. And mm-hmm. even when you watch him, when you watch him, and as a Liverpool fan, and you see that he's on it, you're thinking, yeah, we've got a chance today because Salah's on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a leader, isn't he? And just by performance, I, th- I think he doesn't need the armband to show that he's he actually inspires the rest of them all, when, when he's on it the rest of them are on it but that but that does take me nicely on actually seeing as we're talking about how performances will be throughout the season boys the uh the waiting is over and the trials tribulations and stress every week is about to begin because the premier league's about to start so um in terms of that game we've, we're playing on friday night against norwich firstly playing on fridays do you like playing before your rivals or after your rivals? I'm a big fan of it, to be yeah. fair. The Friday night game. Yeah. But do you like Liverpool yeah. playing in it? Do you like Liverpool playing before the rest of their opponents have played? 100%. Always, man. Set always, pace, man. always. Set pace. Set pace, man. Always. We win, you have to win. If you don't win, then boy, that's you in it. But we won. It's a, it's a terrible feeling knowing you have to win a game. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, right. it's trepidation. You're going into a game thinking, damn. We've got to go out there and win, bruv. It's mentally draining. Like, Liverpool even done well like, at times last season. Man City played first. Yeah, I, yeah. I think but, the last nine games, Man City played first seven it's, times. It's what I mean. That's what I mean. When did they play um, Tottenham? Tottenham at home. 
That was a Saturday midday. That was right after the Champions League. And then yeah. we played on a yeah. we played on a Saturday evening, right? No, Sunday evening against was, was, was that a Chelsea one? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It might be Southampton. No. I want to think. Something like that. But even even to like they will win, then we have to go and win. So wait wait on your mind, isn't it? It's crazy. I'll rather just play first, win your game, go home, chill out. Especially, they especially at home to Norwich, man. Come yeah. on, let's do this. Is a, come on, man. This is this is a, they've got, got a show like yeah, we're on it. I'll take a two 0 and I'm good. But I just want a good performance. I just want to see like tire a tire out Norwich. Like this is not no championship, bro. This is a big man Premiership game. Let me not lie. I, I want five and six. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll come to the match predictions in a bit. Don't worry about it. So uh, we'll be able to give our predictions then. But I do have a very interesting question that I do want to ask you guys. I'll start off with you, uh, Dens, and then feel free, everyone, because I do want to know all of your opinions on this. And I've actually typed this out because I want to ask it specifically. It's, you can't win every game. On the one hand, fans don't want to lose against anyone we're better than. But at the same time, none of us want to lose the big games. So where is the balance? Hmm. Um, I think it's just about with the big teams, and well, we're talking the top six sort of thing. I think it's all about managing. It's all about management. Um, so, for example, you know, you've got the the top six league sort of thing. If you manage to, let's say, for example, you've got your away games there, you manage to get a draw away from home and everything like that. And then when your home games, I think that that does that does it's, it's good enough. It's good enough. I mean, obviously we want to win every single game. That's naturally as fun, but you have to understand these players are human beings and a lapse in concentration, and that could be. I the feel result. like fans don't accept the players being human in this. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Um, play, players can have a lapse in concentration. It only takes two seconds for someone to get in behind. So, I think. Um, yeah, it just, I think it's all about management, management as a play, as a club. Um, and Klopp, I feel like last season we've done that extremely well in terms of just managing games rather than playing the swashbuckling football that we played the season before. So, yeah. OK. Um, and uh, Chris, I'll come to you. Same question, really. How, how, how do you balance that? All of us think it's the be-all and end-all the moment we drop even one point. So... Um, how how do you think us as fans should gear up our minds for the topsy turvy season ahead? I think last season was just so much of an emotional roller coaster. It was just it, it was it was painful at times. I think we can all agree at that, especially kind of after the Newcastle game. Um, I think City sets such a relentless pace, and you know that you can't realistically drop points. And the fact that we lost one game last season, it feels. And it felt insignificant in the grand scheme of things. It was a bit shit, but you know that you're going to drop points in the season, and that's just realistic. But it has got back to that point that City sets such an unrelenting pace, and it, it, it is difficult. It's just I, I don't know how to really quantify it. Really, I think if you compare last season to this season, and you kind of relate it into a business sense, is that if you hit your targets for the previous year, your targets for the year after are only going to go up and there's no real margin for error and I kind of feel the same way about this season but it's waiting expectation about what you want and delivery sorry that was a bit of a weird tangent rant but that was a, that was the corporate answer that was <laughs> <laughs> but um, no I, 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 yeah sorry Alice you go so ahead. yeah I was just like to chip in yeah um, I'd like to beat 
every single team, you beat all the little, all the uh, lesser teams, or the teams that are lesser to you. I don't mean to be rude or anything. We we had the best record outside of the top six. There we go. So you beat all of them. The top six games are. To be fair, I'm I don't want to be rude to anyone. I don't want to be like, disrespectful, but games against like let's say Chelsea and Man United. And to an extent, Arsenal, I I expect three points at home. Yep, I can, I'll get on board with that. I'd agree with uh, that. Yeah. yeah. A draw to Man United. Well, we never away. beat them, do we? We never exactly. win at Old Trafford. I never don't know really. what it is about this football club. doesn't matter how bad they get. It's crazy. So then I always take a draw. Uh, then I take a toss-up of a win at Chelsea or Arsenal. I don't, I don't mind. But the only game I'm where I know is a bit... Oof, is Tottenham away and Man City away because yeah. just how strong they are. It's, it's, I, I find it funny you say that, but I feel like I feel like with Spurs, mm. that two one. Well, firstly, that two one last year flattered them. Definitely, yeah. we, we should have won about seven yeah. one if yeah. those two up front Absolutely. passed to each other. I don't know what they were, what they were doing. And Lamella scored the last minute goal from some tight angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely of that old school mentality just obviously growing up with seeing Fergie win everything it's just you don't big six for me is you you just when you're away from home you just don't lose just yeah that's it get that's your it. point don't lose get, just get your point and yeah, go that's it. get your and point and go sort out at home think of it like a two-leg Champions League tie exactly you don't you just do what you can away and, and when, when you get back home we'll sort it out like we'll, 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 do, we'll do the business there against the lesser teams I think last year set, set the president it's like the top six are so far away from everyone else. It's scary. Like, not only financially, it's it's mad. So, really and truly, we should be dropping points there. Like, I mean, I get the likes of Leicester, the likes of Wolves. They're going to give it, us... It will happen. As, as yeah. much as we're saying we shouldn't, it yeah. will happen. I mean, absolutely, it should. Yeah, I mean, sorry, it will. But it's the top six for me. It's... That's normally... The top six mini-league is normally... It's the best gauge as to where they're going to finish. Finish, yeah, yeah. Probably in how it works. So, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm on board with that. I think the only thing I've got to add personally is that, from a psychological point of view, I can't speak for players. Players have a lot better psychology than me. Um, for fans, I think it's that as long as we recognise that if Liverpool ever drop points, we respond well. Let's say if we draw or we lose, we win the next two, three games and get it out of our systems. What you don't want, I'm sure that's stained in our minds. I remember January 2017 where we were absolutely dreadful from that Wolves FA Cup game. And then throughout that month, we were terrible. I think I just don't want any almost psychological damage to happen just because we lose points and we're not used to it. But yeah, moving on from that, this is a a lot simpler question. And I, I just like a straight answer from all of you boys, really. First question is how many points were in the league? Second point is how many of those points do Liverpool actually get? We'll start off with you, Ellis. 104 points win the league. I think Liverpool get 90 of that. Wow. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of numbers. 104. Wait, wait. That means you're dropping 10 points. Brother. City. Brother. City got one night. I've got 198 points in the last two seasons. Have, you ever, have you ever seen that in your life? Fab, do you understand the level we're playing out here? What, 104 is crazy, bro. It's crazy, but bro, 97 was nuts. 90 <sighs> is nuts. I can't, I can't take that in. I can't. 
But even but even like last season, Klopp said you need 104 points. We're looking to get 104 points. That's yeah, what we're but, to get. but you know what Klopp is on, man. Sometimes he, yeah, but, he, he means like some 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 evil yeah. genius, man. He's really he's true. He's true, but well, it was only seven points off of that. Everyone, yeah. wh- whatever you think of that, please make sure you at Ellis MCFC. That's what that's the truth. Like that's 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 the way we have to look at it. Like we have to try and amass as many points as possible. Just to try and win this league, from you didn't. We didn't win the league with ninety-seven points. Is that not crazy to you, bruv? Of course it is. But then I also see it as City dropped off, literally mathematically, two percent from the year before. So they're capable of dropping again. I mean, I mean, that's what I'm seeing as it as. But yeah. anyway, let, let's try and get through the rest of the panel here. Um, for me, I'd say, yeah, go ahead. I'd say ninety-three points wins the league. I think it's just City. I've Surely, surely their focus has to be more on Champions League now. Surely. So I think it should give five points from, from last year that they had. Um, as far as us, unfortunately, I don't think we had our predictions in, in, um, in our group chat. I don't think we win the league. I think we get 91. But yeah, that's just me. Okay, Chris? Uh, I guess averages say that 99 points wins the league. Um, but I think... I think City probably get around 95 points and I think that we'll probably end up getting around the 88-90 mark. Okay, and Harold? Love Harold, Denzel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. No worries. No, no worries. No, that's cool. Um, I think 90-95 to win the league um, I think we're going to get 89 to be honest um, like, like Ellis was saying City are relentless um, we're dealing with a team here that's acquired 198 points in two seasons which, which is actually really ridiculous um, they don't seem like they're going to stop so we have to again we have to go at them all the way because I don't see any team sort of competing with us two at the top. Tottenham maybe might be our closest, the closest team to doing that. So, yeah. 98, 89, sorry. Um, 89, 90 points for Liverpool anyways this season. Okay. Um, finally, me then. I think 92 points wins the league. And of those 92 points, Liverpool get 92 of them. That's what I think. I think... <laughs> One of us, one of this is a Liverpool one. I don't know if you guys got the memo, but I've got to believe it's true, um, man. It's good guy, from a good guy. Um, no, I, I genuinely think, and this does come from a place of uh, hope, of course, hope exists, but also the logic behind it is for me, Vincent Company leaving is a, is a big miss, massive. And, and I think if yeah. you look at City's, City's centre backs, I think City's three. And I'll include Carl Walker. I don't think Carl Walker's great. I don't think Zinchenko is great. Yes, I know everyone's going to say, oh, City always have the ball, so how do you get to that back four? But I do think that Arsenal are now better. I think Tottenham are better. I think Chelsea at least have a manager who'll probably try and approach it better. <laughs> so I think City might not get any change, well, might not get any points dropped from anywhere else. But I think those three... I'm hoping actually help us out. So, yeah, that that's my prediction. Anyway, along with that as well, um, yeah, go ahead. VAR this year. 
so that might change the fortune as well for City. Um, it's a, it's a whole different ballgame with VAR. True, 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 true. People will say, oh, Liverpool will ben- uh, will probably get penalised the most. But I think that's their way of saying you guys have a lot of attacks, so you have goals that get disallowed. OK, oh, that, that, that... we'll be benefiting the most. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, people say a lot of shit. They ain't got nothing to back it up. Right. They just say shit, man. I'm sorry. I know this is a PG friendly, friendly uh, <laughs> podcast. They but like, dead, it's, so people just say a lot of shit. Oh, well, if it was VAR, you would No, we wouldn't. You have no conclusive evidence to say. You're shut up, man. It just means we're going to pam you four and instead of five. Yeah, you're telling me the best dribblers and the best off the ball runners in the league are gonna be penalised for having a system that benefits them. I, I don't see the logic. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. It baffles me, man. It baffles me, bro. Each their own, man. It's the evil cool. world we live in. Okay, boys. Uh, Chris, I'll come to you first. A quick question: How many games can Liverpool lose this year, and what part of the season do you feel Liverpool will struggle? Ooh, um, I'd say we pro- we could prob well, you can lose one game and still not win the league. So that's been proven. I think we'll end up losing around four games. I think we'll struggle mid January, begin the Feb. I was gonna say September, I don't know why, because we just got that commitment with the Club World Cup, and it might just be a little bit too much, considering how the squad's built at the moment. Okay. Um... Dens, what do you think for both questions? Um, similar time in terms of struggling, um, that late January, February time, where um, obviously recovering from the Club World Cup, um, Champions League is about to start again after the group stages. Um, but in terms of games that we'll lose, three, maximum of three. I don't see us losing that many games if we do lose a game. One potentially could be, hopefully not, potentially to City, um, one of the other top six maybe away from home, and um, maybe an odd game here, maybe an odd game. But other than that, I don't, I don't see us losing that many games, anyways. Okay, cool, brilliant. Um, so boys, now we can go a bit more. We can magnify and actually look at a specific game now. We've got Norwich coming up. I've had the chance to sit down with the Norwich fans, so I've got a bit of inside info, but I'll, I'll insert that as and when, and you'll, I'm sure you'll find out plenty more. Now, one thing I do know now is how Norwich play, and I want to thank... Uh, I sat with Connor Southwell, who's a leading journalist uh, within Norwich, and he actually said a very interesting method, which might worry you guys because of how our midfield played on Sunday. He said that Norwich play with three number 10s who operate in and around the opposition defensive midfielder and they play with two very high up fullbacks to offer the width. Now, Ellis, how do you think Liverpool deal with that? And hearing that now, does that worry you? And how do you think we contend with that? We just leave Salah on the highest fullback in it. That's at your peril if you want to do that. That is asinine, bruv. You can't do that in the league. You can't do that in the Premiership. It might might work in like the Championship, but if you've got someone like Salah Firmino, who are and whoever plays on the left pushing up back, you're gonna to have to drop back anyway. Um, I think Liverpool combat that by hopefully playing, hopefully getting the two midfielders 
along next to Fabinho to push up, and that would give something that would give something to to Norwich to think about. Um, does it worry me? Um, I don't, I don't want to be ignorant and say no. Does it worry me? Yeah, because you know this is football; anything can happen. But I don't know if Norwich have enough quality right now to um, endanger Liverpool. But yeah, I think Liverpool combat that by pushing up the two midfielders, pushing up, playing a playing a high line as well because we always play high. So we're gonna put we're gonna push up anyway, and we'll see how it works. But mm, that's a bit that's a bit mad if that's how they play. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh... Harold, what do you think? First, first uh, impressions on that, and also, sorry, just to add to that, uh, what he did also tell me was that Norwich don't cross the ball. They said it's very rare for them to cross the ball. They will come, they will try and play. Um, so, what, what are your takings from that? I have to say, I will be surprised if a newly promoted team. I mean, albeit um, they they won championship, right? Oh, they played brilliant football. Everyone kept telling me, you need to watch Norwich plays. You need to watch Norwich plays. So, um, yeah, they, they won it and they, they won it with a, you know, sometimes you have a rubbish team that someone like Warnock comes, no style, just grit, passion merchant. This guy actually has a methodology to it. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. What, what, what are we saying? If we're going to gauge them against like a Wolves last year, what are we... Um, I, I wouldn't say quality-wise you can define that. What I would say is someone like... Uh, do you remember when Eddie Howe first came up and he actually yeah, came yeah. with a principle? I think, yeah. I think they come with a principle of sort. Okay, Okay. cool. Well, I think, to be honest with you, if they play football, I think that plays more into our hands. <clears throat> it's just a case of how bold Klopp is with his starting lineup. I really do hope he plays a more attack- attacking-minded midfielder. Um, alongside Fab and whoever he chooses between Ginny and, and Hendo, probably Hendo. Um, the three tens, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is, as I least said, that is a madness. I will be surprised though if they fully stick with that and they all sit on our, um, they sit in almost in our half, or on the halfway line, or I guess amongst or, or around the D. I will be, I will be surprised by that. But I'm not, I'm not too worried. I have to say, um, I do like the Ben, what's his name, Wendia. Yeah. Oh, okay. You do know him. I did speak about that with him and you seem to be the first person. I have no idea. Emi Buendia, he said, is an absolutely gifted kid who was at Madrid and then he kind of lost his way a bit and he's a bit of a maverick player. And he said he's quite similar to Bernardo in how he plays. He's um, second top assists, I think, uh, last year in Champs. I and. Don't read too much into my knowledge of this. This is just fantasy Premier League. I'm already impressed, mate. I don't know about the rest of you <laughs> this guys. Is, this is all fantasy Premier League. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to win my league. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> um, and I'm watching a little bit of him. He is, like, he he does look good, man. And you, you can just tell, just like, just, just the eye test how good he is. He does worry me, I have to say. He really does. But in t- terms of them actually playing football, I really... Liverpool should... should coast this, man. I'm... I, I hope I'm not... Like I don't know, being too optimistic on this, but we have the quality all over the park. I mean, if it if it reminds me of remember last year when we beat Watford five nil, and Watford didn't play badly. It was a really weird five nil. It was like we won the five. Van Dyke Van Dyke yeah. double game and the hat trick of assists for Robertson. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, and he scored a brace. Oh, uh, like it was just it was so weird. It was such a strange game because Watford actually a very decent team, but Liverpool just were just that bit better. And we're just a bit more clinical, which is the kind of if you the way you're describing them, I think we'll be closer to that kind of game, which I I don't mind providing we get our we get our clean sheet and we get some goals. Um, so yeah, Brendia doesn't does worry me. 
I don't care too much about their forward. What's his name? Pookie? Pookie. Pookie, yeah. He's, he's meant to be quite a good player. What, almost 30. Like, meant to be, like, quite a old-school type forward. Van Dijk. Yeah. Virgil's got him, hasn't he? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. In his pocket, B. Yeah, man. So, Basic assignment. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, I think they need to think more about their defending as opposed to their... Attacking, their, yeah. Yeah, yeah, attacking, yeah. Okay, uh, Chris, I'll come to you for this one. Um, is there anyone based on their pre-season and you can include the City game in that is there is there anyone or you can include more than one player who um, hasn't had the best of prep but you think needs to step up and will step up from this game onwards that's a good question Uh, you can name a few to be fair Um, I think Gomez needs to step up a little bit of a level Um, specifically if he wants to usurp Matip and be the starting centre back again I uh, actually do think he played quite well when he moved to right back in the second half. Didn't Same. look he didn't look um as rigid and he looks a bit more fluid in his movement and you can tell he's actually kind of like got back to 100% after the injury. Um I think you got to put Origi in that category as well because I thought he was quite bad on the left-hand side. When that ball went under his Agree. feet, my yeah. goodness me. Agree. Yeah, that was that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't great. And this is a guy that we're going to be relying quite heavily on um, across the season. So he just needs to step up a bit of a level. But apart from those two guys, I, I can't really think of anyone else. I mean, you know, obviously we had the long midfield conversation earlier, but I thought throughout the preseason, I thought Milner's played really well. Um, I would have put Harry Wilson in that conversation, but he's literally just gone on loan to Bournemouth. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd just probably say I, those are the those are the main two for me. Um, back into the Norwich conversation, I do like uh, I like Max Ahrens. He's a I was going to ask about him actually. Yeah, yeah he's a tight little player. Yeah, he told me uh, the uh, Connor told me that he almost guarantees that Max Ahrens will eventually be sold for above thirty million, and he's already put he he would happily put money down on him playing for England very soon. Definitely, is, is he the full, is he the fullback? Fullback, yeah, he's, right yeah, he's the right back. Yeah, yeah. You got like nine assists last year, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I asked him if he was uh if he was similar to Trent in the whole people doubt his defensive ability. He said no, it's a, he's a bit more balanced, but he did say that the tests that Aaron Aaron's has come up against obviously doesn't get anywhere close to the quality of Mane and Salah and the players he'll be up against. So we're not really sure. I think Max Aaron's kind of it feels to me like a signing Arsenal would have made under Wenger, kind of like 2008-2011 range. The cha- yeah, yeah. Chambers mould. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, interesting. Um, that moves us nicely on, actually. Thanks for that, Krish. Into the starting lineup. Um, we'll go through the guarantees anyway. I think everyone agrees Allison should start. Yeah. And then we have Virgil yeah. at centre-back. Yeah. We go in Robertson yeah. left-back. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yep. We're going Trent right back. Yeah. 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 And then centre back. I think based on the gist of what you guys are going towards, I think Matip is probably a bit ahead of Gomez at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Matip. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Matip as well. For me, it's just he, he hasn't done anything wrong. No. It's just he hasn't put a yeah. foot. I can't really see. Like... I wouldn't scold him because obviously Gomez is from ends, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's almost like you you want Gomez to take his place, but yeah, but you can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't really say like even when he came on against City, he was just like, I think Hayes thought, yeah, let me get onto Matty. Matty was like, get off me. Just yeah. Get off me, yeah. The only one that just get off me, man. He's got mm-hmm. nice, He's got the deadest trim, but he's got a nice bit of swagger to him. I seen in yeah, that man, game. Yeah, he's. Yeah. You know, he's like. 
he's such a like a German German, but he's obviously <laughs> African, but he's just really like militant in what he does. Like I don't think he smiles, he really smiles, he just he does what he has to do. I know yeah, that carry to... that carry and whipped pass though. I, I think it's one of the most underrated whip pass between the lines in, in he's football. he's such a good footballer, he's so underrated, like it's beyond yeah. the joke. Like he's such a great footballer, absolutely mad. It's sad that it took him to win a Champions League to get that recognition, isn't it? Well, that's that's just it, man. That's just yeah. it. And to be fair to him, he wasn't playing well. It was. I think. Yeah, that's it. I think on Twitter, um, somebody said he's there's no difference between him and Skirtle, not Skirtle, him and Lovren. And I was kind of offended. Yeah, respect. I, was, oh, I was kind of offended by that. I was like, whoa. Like, it was so important for like just footballs in general. It's just consistency. That's just it, man. If you're playing well. But if you keep playing and you play to a decent standard and you're just there, it's like, you can't really... Yeah, yeah, your quality comes out, man. Your quality. So, yeah, I think that'll be the back four, really. There's Alisson, a back five, Alisson, Trent, um, Matip, uh, Van Dijk and Robertson. Agreed. Um, okay, moving on to midfield. Uh, Fabinho starts. 100%. Uh, and think... then, um, are we looking at... Who are we looking at the other two? I'm it's guessing yeah. Hendo or Genie, but then who's the other one? I think it's going to be both. I think it's going to be the same midfield that's tonight on Sunday. man. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy in it, but I mean, I no, think it's going to be that. Club always does that, man. Club always, always, always the, the same. I think it's going to be the same. Maybe, nah, the same actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Guys, come on. Where's optimism now, man? I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Harold, I'm I'm optimistic because I actually like these players, and like everyone else in this whole universe, all right. I I, I love these guys, so yes, I'm happy see, for I'm... them to to play and win five nil with them being big parts of the game. I wish, wish. Okay, no, don't don't do that. Yeah, because it sound like yeah. I have enough love for Widget Hendo. Yeah, I have enough love, but I want I want Ox to play or something. I want. Harold, if I have to pigeonhole myself as the top red of this podcast, I'm happy to do so. Don't oh, worry. don't start that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we think in front three? Same Mo. front three as again. I think it's going to yeah, be Origi, yeah. Firmino, Salah. But I would like to see... Um, wait, wait, who, who, who? Mo, uh, oh, Mo, Mo Firmino, Origi? Yeah. yeah. No, man. That's so stiff. That's, that's that's a, on the left. But the thing is, I want Origi to play up front. I would like to see... Bobby on the on the left. Side. I'm gonna go Brewster left. Absolutely not, bro. That's no not way. <laughs> your boy, your boy Ellis. I'm doing stocks it. in, but that's not happening. Yeah. You're, <laughs> lo- you're losing your stocks. never stocks never. You're not even putting the investment in the right place. I said the CEO of Brewster Incorporated not even putting his boy in the team. What's going on there? sometimes you have to protect the stock. It's not all the time. Not always, not always into the market. Not always into the market. Sometimes you just have to hold it. Just hold it. Let it build. Let it build. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Okay, cool. Um, and I guess the final question then, boys. Um, score predictions. What are we going for? Um, I'll go through the group. Ellis. Two 0 for me. Chris. Three 0 Dens. Yeah, three 0 And Harold. Yeah, three 0 Okay, I'm going four one only because Norwich have scored against us in the last four games every time we played. So. I, will, I will say, though, it's no disrespect to Norwich. I do, I do actually think they'll stay up this season. I mean, they yeah. haven't made that many big moves, but 
I mean, their manager plays a really good style of football. You know, came from the Dortmund reserve team, didn't he? To directly yeah, manage, yeah, yeah. manage them. Yeah. Um, this isn't the game that decides their season, is it? Oh, no, not at all. No, 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 no. They've got more of a chance than like, the Sheffield United. All I was saying that Sheffield United do have McBurney, so anything oh, can happen there. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Don't worry, like, when we get to the Swansea preview in a few months' time, yeah. this, will be, this will be a section. So. But, um, oh yeah, okay, brilliant, boys. Thank you for that, and I hope that everyone listening was... Uh, really enjoyed the insight that we've just provided i do want to go on to some listeners questions and thank you for everyone who did post something oh wait wait, wait, wait sorry before you do are we going to talk about um our, our new signing oh adrian adrian's yeah. more yeah. oh no, sorry yeah. i do apologize that shows how excited i am about it um i just saw a video on him yeah where he ran out yeah and ran a little Bitch. I thought I was photoshopped, you know. I didn't know I was real. No, no, that was that that was that testimonial game. That was that uh who was it? Mark Noak. Oh, I was about to say all that. What? <laughs> what the, the, question is, the question is how much better is he than Mignolet? It's probably on the same level. It's got no, people aren't respecting Mignolet. I'm saying people aren't respecting Mignolet because respect to Mignolet. What? No, no, no. Listen, listen. <laughs> Mignolet makes clangers. I admit, I'm not saying Mignolet's a great keeper, but this is a keeper who did not see a minute of play with Fabianski was, when Fabianski's fit. And not only did he not see a minute, that when Fabianski wasn't fit, West Ham went and got Joe Hart instead of playing him. Oh, fair. Yeah, that, there was that 16, 17 FPL season where he came third. That's, that's all I need, baby. He's good enough. <laughs> This is the thing. This is the thing, though. He's he's not gonna you know, unless something mad happens. He's not gonna start a league game, and he's only just gonna start cup games and stuff. And I'm 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 okay with that. Uh, he just needs to be good in training. Yeah, I'm happy with him over Minule, man. Minule for me, I've I've never felt so afraid of like. A, you remember remember when Gomez, who is now good for Watford, played for um yeah, played Tottenham. for Spurs. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was a yeah. madness. Oh the my clangor. Like it was oh. just outrageous. He'll make when, a great save. That Buki throw he does anyway. I'm, yeah. I haven't got any time I, for him. I don't, I don't know how Spurs fans tough. survived when they had both him and Eunice Cabal playing centre back. What was going That's on there? Well, the same way how we survived with Skull and or Lovren and Minile. Well, that's yeah. Let's not talk about survival, boys. We survived a season of Balotelli, Mark, Markovic, Barini, and Lambert up front. Yeah, so. Okay, boys, um, let's go on to the listeners' questions then. Um, so I'll start off with uh, at Nasir LFC. And now, now that you guys know how Norwich play to a degree, should we play a 4 2 3 1 or 4 3 3 against Norwich? Chris, I'll let you take this one. I think if he wanted to play four two three one, he would have played it a lot more in the preseason. Um, so for me, it's the four three three. It's tried and tested. Don't go against the grain. Just stick to what you know, especially when you've got the squad available to you that you have now. Okay, Dens, do you think we should, like Chris says, avoid overthinking in a game like this? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just stick to what we know. Um, get the get the three points and move on. <laughs> The way we're disrespecting Norwich. I'm telling you, karma's coming for us, guys. But no, anyway. Bush, man. Look, no, if you're going to play our preferred formation at home against a newly promoted side, we don't deserve to win the title. Simple as that. Yeah. Fair Agreed. Enough. Fair, fair enough. Okay, this is more of a, a non 
Liverpool question now, but I think it's a great question. Um, considering the work he's done at Liverpool, Chelsea and Newcastle, is Benitez in the top 10 Premier League managers of all time list or does he just miss out? Um, Harold and Ellis, I'll come to you combined for this. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, top 10 of all time. Prem. Prem. What, wait, Prem. Okay. Prem. Um, so we've got uh, Feng- Fergie Wenger. Yeah. Jose. Yeah. Pep. Pep. Klopp. Klopp. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think 97 points puts you there. Anyway. Okay. Okay, that's... If we're gonna go like that, uh, so that's Klopp. Um, who else? Dalglish. Dalglish because he won a title. Claudio Ranieri because he won a title. Yeah, yeah, and the level of achievement. <laughs> yeah. We put in someone like Sir Bobby Robson there. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Champions League football with not as big a club as the others. What do you guys yeah. think? You can, you can, you can. You know what? You know what? I think Benitez is top 10. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree, man. I think it's top 10. Someone mad's going to hop in the mentions now and saying, like, why haven't you put Neil Warnock in top 10 or something stupid yeah, yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't <laughs> satisfy. You I was going to say you can't satisfy everyone. You can't satisfy anyone. I'm trying yeah, to think of the most the Brexit thing. manager we could have put in that no, top no, 10. No, but... That's the no, thing. You have to remember, Prem, what? Prem started 1990. So... 92. Prem started 92. So, I mean, we haven't got... They haven't got a plethora of, like... Highly successful Great manager, yeah, yeah. One guy just won it for like 13 years, yeah, man. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, saying so, like, it's not a bad shot for top 10, man. I can't lie. Not, and, like, well, would it, I really put Mancini or someone there? I don't think I would. Nah, I'd probably put Martin O'Neill in before I put Mancini in there. But why would, you not, why would you not put Mancini? You have to, the thing is, you have to put every manager that's won the title in there, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because yeah, they've, they've won the league, so every manager that's won the title has to be in there. So, obviously, oh. Mancini. Yeah, we, probably be... We completely forgot Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Oh, yeah. Ancelotti and, yeah. and you know what, though? Roberto Martinez, doing that job for Wigan all those no, years, no, kept no, saving them. No, 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 no. Now, I'll tell you no. why. It's because when he got a better platform, he didn't do any better. And he fumbled, man. Uh, okay, oh, for, you know what, I tried. I tried, I tried, I tried. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Evertonians, I'm sorry. <laughs> speaking, of, yeah, think... speaking of Evertonians, you put in Moyes in the top ten. No way, man. Nah. Good, good lads. He got top four once every year. Oh, they're going to get top four and he got it once. Go sit down. Man. Stupid team, man. Bear shit, man. I need to stop myself. I'm about to compliment Everton here. But let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, boys. Uh, let's go for our next question. Mm, okay. And this goes back to the transfer window. Shamaki at S3SS3 underscore asks, in light of your poultry transfer activity, how confident are you guys that Origi, Shaq or Brewster can fill in for the front three when the inevitable injury crisis hits? Which we covered kind of in the last pod, but yeah. um, Ellis, do you want to quickly summarise that? Yeah, firstly, before we move on, I'm onto this guy because he called me Shaq, Shaq, Shaq. <laughs> So I'm I so onto him, I'm so onto him. But... Um, <laughs> Trust me, fam. I was laughing. Bears, I was like, rah. Yeah. So, um, he said you're only good when you're not under pressure. But yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. comes but, onto you, you crumble. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about, man. Then, man, come onto the pod, innit? This is just it. No, but um, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, um, with Liverpool, when Liverpool buy players, they usually look at the injury record. I think I've said that on the like TL before. 
So the likes of like Firmino, Salah and Mane, well, no, Mane excluding, but Salah and Firmino seldom get injured, innit? They yeah. just, they rarely get injured, but you can't take that for granted. Shakiri and Origi, the quality between them and, uh, and the front three is, is a lot. But then on the pod on Sunday, I was saying, well, we was talking and it, that you can't really get any other quality like high like that because no one's going to come and sit on the bench when you're doing well for your club. Why would you come and sit on the bench for another club? As good as Liverpool are, as good as the place is fantastic, you're not just going to do it. So what do we need? We need for the for security and for security and Origi to step up. Am I a bit worried? I'll say yes. I'll say yes because they are match winners and no one else scores goals apart from them three. Apart from Mane and Salah, obviously Bobby. Bobby chips in, but Bobby doesn't get a goal. Bobby will get you one in three. So I am worried because if heaven forbid one of them get injured, we are so so mashed. And you even saw it from like last season. I think um, there was a period I was having a discussion with some of the boys in a group chat. There was a period when uh, between September and January, Mane scored five goals, and then we was just getting held up by Salah because Salah picked up a sick run. But then Salah went from about uh, about what March, February to like March or uh, April where he didn't score at all. But then Mane was scoring. So the thing whereby we was just a bit, we was a bit lucky in that respect. But I am a bit worried because the quality is a bit too low. Sorry. I, I, th- I think, um, no, no, it's not a problem. Thanks for that. I think um, Dens made a great point um, in the last pod we had actually about producing moments. And I think we, we love Origi because he's had big moments and we, I don't say love Shakiri, but we know that Shakiri can offer a lot because he he has his moments too. But I think the difference between Mane, Salah, and then the two we've just said who are on the bench is that you might get your 15 moments in a season from Shakiri and Origi, but do they have the mental resilience that Mane and Salah have of being able to consistently miss chances, but have the willingness and the just the brashness of not letting it affect their confidence to go back again and again and again to have 50 moments of which you might only score 20 from. Um, you know what? what do um, you guys think? On the back of that, I was just thinking as um, you and Alice were speaking, I feel like Shakiri has a lot to prove. Like he's, he was, where, where was he? Was that Inter? Yeah, Inter and Bayern. Inter, Bayern, make a move down to Stoke before he was the main guy. Teammates didn't like him so much, came to Liverpool a lot to prove, man. He has, he has, he needs, I think yeah, for himself, he does, he does. I think he needs to like, be, you know what? Because he's probably thinking, okay, I'm not going to push um, Salah out the team, but who's to say he can't, Salah can't shift to, to, um, to striker and he can fill up the right side, providing his performances are that good. Like he should be thinking to himself, I've got a lot to prove. He should have that LeBron mentality about to come against the, um, the Clippers. He should be, he should have that, I'm ready to, to prove to everyone why you should have made me the main guy? Why yeah. you you were wrong for selling me? Why Liverpool should have started me more games last season? Prove Klopp wrong, like prove us wrong. I, I know- think he's the opposite though. I think he's realised that he's the most expendable one, and the first name to open up the checkbook and make some more funds available. I'm probably going to be the first one out the door. I think he he thinks the complete opposite. Well, I mean, that, was, that, that was that was more of hope. Sorry, Ellis. Um, no, no, that, that that was more of like how his mind's... I think his mindset should be closer to. 
obviously I can't dictate how he actually thinks, but I think if he tries to um, like embody that kind of mindset, that kind of mentality, mate, who knows? Like Klopp is talking about these new players. I mean, within our current squad, I mean, if we have someone step up like that, it could feel like it. Yeah, there, there, there was a point though, wasn't there, at the start of last season? Do you remember, Ellis, you might recall as well, or all of you might recall, when he came, the first, when he first came and we thought he was fantastic value for money when his uh, free kick hit the crossbar and I think yeah, Salah against, tapped against it Stoke. in. It was yeah, and just energised the whole game, didn't yeah. it? He absolutely took apart the Southampton for 45 minutes. It ironically came off <laughs> because it was a bit too open. But having said that, I agree with Harold. He needs to like step up and he needs to show that I am the main guy because he's the main guy for Switzerland. So if you can be the main guy there, you can be the, obviously two different levels of football, but you can show that you you can be a main guy, and I feel that Shakiri has it has everything in his locker to prove that. That's the same thing as like Genie. Genie has everything in his locker to be a mental footballer, but these people they don't like they don't show enough. So he's here for another season because it doesn't look like we're gonna sell him, and I doubt anyone's gonna come in for him. But this is a chance for him to show that yeah I can be a guy. When he came on against City, he looked busy. He looked like he. He looked like he wanted to play and he looked like he wanted to make a difference, which is good, but we just need it consistently. And it go ahead, just let me not take your time more, but it just shows the type of players because when he was at Inter, he got sold. Or when he was at Bayern, sorry, he got sold to Inter. And so there's something about his mentality like where he's not he's not at that elite level because if he was at that elite level, nobody's gonna sell you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So he just needs to step up a little bit. Hopefully this season he'll kick on, but we'll see, man. Yeah. And Chris, your uh, your boy Lalana looked very good when he came on. To be honest, um, do you think uh, he can also kind of almost turn back to that sixteen seventeen Lalana where he's fully fit? Mate, I'm telling you, the sleeper pick for the season. Um, he looked he looked healthy, didn't he? Considering he had a bit of the knock in the preseason, I, I've not seen him kind of look looked that, fluid. Look fluid, yeah, didn't he? Looked he in his really movement. fluid. Um, you know, his, his, his pace looked like it, like uh, sorry, looked like it was back as well. Um, obviously, when we were breaking with the ball, he was keeping up with the, with the play. And I mean, I don't know if I don't know if any of you guys watched the Leon game as well, but he played in the six in that game, and he looked really good, um, dictating play, telling people where to go, kind of hold on to the ball, releasing it. I, I think he's got if he can stay healthy, and I think he can get his ten to twelve games in this season. I think he'll have a a decent impact for us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He came on, he did He did look a bit good. He done a matching where he lost the ball, though. He done a Crave turn <laughs> and he lost the ball. <laughs> where he did get it back. Cool. Man. The yeah. famous Lalana Crave turn. The guy yeah. stopped. Well, he, but, but he, he did, he did, he did, uh, he did get the ball back. He done, he done well to get it back. But again, I'm, I'm a fan of Lalana because I think he's a, he's a fantastic footballer. If he can play well and if he can stay fit and healthy, that's more, more better for Liverpool, man. Yeah, and there's there's no harm, I think, um, just to wrap it up in terms of, well, from Lalana's point of view, I think Klopp also knows Lalana accepts his position in the team. By all accounts, he's a great professional. He's not huge on the wages. He, him performing is a plus. Him not performing doesn't really affect us, does it, guy? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. No. The only way is up. If he plays well... That's another player playing well for Liverpool. It increases our level. If he doesn't play well, well, he wasn't here last season for the majority of the season, so it's whatever, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Exactly. And um, just to wrap up, guys, you can all jump in together. You can say what you want. A special request from my good friend Julian. I'd like you to give a quick rant about the lies, the false hope, 
the absolute ridiculousness that our ITKs, the in the, in the nose, post on a daily basis that you've experienced for the last six weeks. Oh, stand Go clear. I'm about, to go, I'm about to go off here. As, oh, as, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I still don't know how in this day and age people are getting duped by these accounts that literally make up the biggest bunch of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Post it on the internet. It gets retweeted X amount of times and then you're having to see like guys from the Echo like James Pierce having to take the time out of their day to dispel these rumours that some guy in his bedroom just made up. It's fucking madness. Like, I mean, when, when Mini Lay went, no one knew that was coming. If you're at ITK, if you are actually in the know, there's some air quotes there, you should have known about that. And then these men are saying that, oh yeah, they're targeting Matty, Matty Everidge from Cardiff. No, they weren't. They already knew where they wanted in. How come you didn't know that? Because you chat shit, that's why. It's oh, it's really pisses. It's, it's madness, it's madness. It pisses me off. <laughs> no, it's annoying because like... You say having it. It's annoying because you sit down and you see like some random guy say, oh yeah, Liverpool going to sign this, is, just wait on it, just wait on it, oh he's coming, oh yeah. I'm like, bro, shut up. The club don't know you, nobody knows you. Everyone has been, everyone has been fed what the club knows. Like people like James Pearce, um, Chris Bascom, Melissa Reddy, they're more closer to the club, so whatever they say, mm-hmm. obviously, it's from what the club in what the club want them to know. They might not, they might have like other sources closer to the club, but these ITKs, man, they need uh, to... Ellis, do you want to after after that dignified uh, thing you just said? Do you want to explain why your last retweet is a Colombian journalist with about a hundred followers? Because I was shook, bro. I saw his <laughs> name. I saw Spanish. I saw Real Madrid. I saw, I saw Spanish. <laughs> I saw, I saw <laughs> Brexit I saw, means Brexit out here, baby. But I, I saw, but I saw Real Madrid. I saw Spanish. I saw Fabinho. I said, "What? What's going on?" And that I saw, scared me. And then I looked at it. I thought, hey, Ellis is just going mad. It's fine. Fine, I was going because then yeah, I saw Fabinho's nah, yeah. going here. The Barlow's going. There. I thought, no, nah, no, nah, this is this is too much for me. I'm about, <laughs> I'm about to take some cold and go to sleep. This is the emotional abuse you have as a football fan, though. It's like you that shook at certain things that you see some Colombian guy tweet about a transfer, and he's like, "Shit, is this actually going to happen?" Then you realise it's some. Why would some guy in Colombia know about a transfer <laughs> yeah, that's going I mean, on in Liverpool yeah, between yeah. a Spanish club and an English club about a Brazilian? <laughs> Nuts, man. It's a madness. Also, I, I need Coutinho to chill in Barca, man. Just stay there, man. I don't know why he's busy oh, looking oh, around oh. England, man. The weather's bad, bro. Stay, stay there. Man, he hasn't got yeah, a choice there, man. Messi told him, fam, you need to cut, bro. <laughs> this <laughs> is the thing as well. It's like... Neymar back. <laughs> I'm just trying to get Neymar back, fam. You need to keep him. Go, bro. Okay, boys. Well, um, that was a fantastic pod. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for everyone who's continued to listen. Please make sure that you um, get tickets to the live show and you at us at both Cop and Fracas and at Touchline Fracas. I've been Mush and it's been my pleasure. Thank you. And they'll walk away with the greatest prize in club football. Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool's King to the Cop are champions of Europe once again.
Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba. Sports Social Podcast Network.